This is Alpha Geek Radio. Oh, hi. I didn't see you standing there. This is Scott Fletcher, the guy what does the voices, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Panic if you want, don't panic if you don't want. In any event, the casuals have taken control of the airways. This is Casually Hardcore Live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. For a Sunday, the 10th of August, holy crap, 2014, where is the year going? This is Casually Hardcore, and I am Gnomewise. And I'm Dexa. And I'm Grail. Up front disclaimer. I'm on drugs. That's why he doesn't care if you panic or not. There is no caring here. <laughs> they, they do say the first step is admitting you have the problem. Exactly. Yeah, unfortunately, the problem that I have <laughs> and had apparently is a very angry sciatic nerve that lay in wait. That is exactly what I'm picturing. Be so except, angry. Except for he's got like Klingon pain sticks and oh, wow. rubbing like pure capsaicin into an open wound kind of a Yeah, I had the joy of realizing, ah oh, crap, I'm getting old because this is the age where this crap starts happening to you for no really good reason. Yep. Though with the trip for the boy to ride roller coasters last week and then the long road trip there, road trip back. There's any number of things I could have done to piss off my body in that lead up. But it waited until Monday morning, 3 a.m. to descend upon me. And I had that weird transitional period where the pain began and so my brain incorporated it into an event in my dream. Right. So I woke up, and my brain's like, oh, it was just a dream. Just wait a second, and it'll go away. Because, you know, that was a part of your dream. And it right. wasn't real pain. And there's like this 30 seconds of total disorientation of, no, no, it's not going to. And then you find out, oh, no, I'm just in an incredible amount of pain. And my whole left leg from deep in my left butt cheek. Yep. All the way down to the toes was just like <laughs> trying to clench in upon itself and form a little leg singularity. And yeah, that was unpleasant. Um, got up, you know, did the ibuprofen, Tylenol thing, hot soak in the tub, got the heating pad out, and like two hours later, I was like, this is not getting better. Yep. Thankfully, our niece, uh, who is now in college and doesn't have to do the high school thing anymore, we had stayed for the long weekend to do babysitting for us mm-hmm. and was still there. Right. Nice. So I was able to get me to the ER and get back to take care of the kids without them being drugged to the uh, ER in the wee right. hours of the morning. So, so thanks, science, for that one. Long and short of it, apparently just I made my nerve very angry and it's exacting daily revenge upon me and... So I'm on pain meds right now, so please excuse anything I may say or do. Yeah, baby, yeah! Or something. 
Um, should just use that disclaimer before every show. I know. That'd be perfect. <laughs> then they can't hold us accountable for anything. Can I have drugs before every show? <laughs> <laughs> Please? No, that would be a problem. Oh. Drugs I give it all up hands. to be sober? Yeah. <laughs> Reality is for people who can't handle role-playing games, okay? Mm-hmm. Joining us in the IRC, as usual, is our producer, Nay IRC rep, the Barry Von Awesome. If you have things to bring to our attention, please send your personal messages to the Barry VA, and he will let us know what we need to do. And let's see. There are things and places, and I still have not recovered. The tangents are kind of a big deal drop-in. So tangents are kind of a big deal. <laughs> not unlike Grail. That's right. <laughs> I don't know how to put this. Mm-hmm. I think Will Ferrell was in that pain dream, too. I have <laughs> I have an image of him <laughs> when they did the, the SNL sketch where he was, uh, they were parodying the architect from uh, Matrix. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That was a good I one. I remember that. Yeah. That was, uh, that's, yeah. Right. That was an acid trip that's for you. That's right. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, the writing in there was spot on. Yeah. And barely different from the, the no, dialogue no. delivered in the movie. Because it was just as... T- techno babble to, walk, to rule. Yeah, and, uh, you know... As we were saying before the show, because reasons. Because right. reasons. Right. The the one exists in the matrix because reasons. Because reasons. Yes. And here's <laughs> three hundred syllables to in, to enumerate those reasons. Yeah. That won't really be that clear. Did you get all that? <laughs> there will be a test. Stick with because reasons. Because reasons. Penis. Oh, look at that. So I oh, caught on because <laughs> now it's on HBO. So I finally caught Kick Ass Two. Oh, I, I, had, I had not yeah. heard good things about that. It it definitely was a step down from the original. A mm, um, lot more formulaic, I think, would be the word I'd use for it. Okay. It just really felt like they were going through the Hollywood numbers. action film. Yeah, I mean, point one, point two, kind of. It was more than that. It was more trying to tell a standard story about standing up for yourself uh, type thing. Whereas I thought the first one, while it did that, it did it in a very clever way. Yeah, I mean, the first one was, you're going to stand up for yourself in a a very uncommon way. I love the fact that he got completely knifed the first time he tried to with no training and no... <laughs> yeah. like, just get, Yep, that's what would happen. Right. Um, no, I thought... I had heard this one was the whole hit girl trying to fit in with the mean yeah. girls. There was too much... Of, there was a lot of that. And I mean, I think Hit Girl's a great character, but one of the novelties was unfortunately gone, which was she's no longer eight. She's right. now a teenager, so she's older, and it still works. It's great to see a strong female character like that, but it became much more standard high school-y type stuff, yeah. whereas the first time you see her in the first movie, you're like, oh my god, this little girl has like the foulest mouth ever, ever. and is murdering people. <laughs> which was the yeah. best part right. of Hit Girl. Which yeah. You're like, oh my god. <laughs> that all set to the Banana Splits... Um, yeah, Each musical track was yeah. the best. Yeah. The best bit. Uh, that was good. Yeah. I mean, it was. You know, I know Daxa despises Nicolas Cage, and I think she actually came out and said he was tolerable in that movie. Yes, so yes. That's how you, good you the feel first about one Nick Cage was. the way I feel about Bruce Willis. Yes. Yeah. Where nah, but then there's Fifth Element. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. Fifth Element. Yeah. But yeah, most of the time he rubs me the wrong way. So yeah. and I yeah. can see how Nick Cage would do that. Um, our, our one true god. 
Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah. He's he's just he seems the same character. His voice is so distinctive, but it's not distinctive in a good way. I find his voice grating. Yeah. Whereas I find like you know other people's voices that are distinctive, I really like. Endearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas his likeable. it just grates on my nerves. James. Yeah. Earl Jones. Oh, James Earl Jones. Absolutely. Right. I stumbled across one of those. <laughs> they took the. Uh, Lines from him in Coming to America with Eddie Murphy uh-huh. and dubbed it over scenes from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got Captain Antilles up by his throat. Is this something you'd like to talk about, my son? <laughs> <laughs> Throws him to the ground, awesome. looks, looks at the stormtroopers. Let's go for a stroll. <laughs> really freaking hilarious. Great voice. Such a good voice. There was a, a top ten, I think, that Letterman did years ago, which was the top ten things that sound best when spoken by James Earl Jones. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they got James Earl Jones in there to do it. To do it. Number one was Oprah. Oprah. He's just cool. Everything. Yeah. Everything, Him and Morgan much. Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, Morgan Freeman has an amazing voice, too. Yeah. You can, you can narrate my life. Some anytime. of the older gentlemen, I feel like, have. Yeah. I mean. But James Earl Jones is like epic, whereas Morgan Freeman's like home, homey. Yeah, like home comfort. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Do you yeah. like some collard greens with your yes? <laughs> Where, I mean, yeah. Cause that, it's always Come just, on in. Like, Set a spell. Look, look at the penguins. They are marching along. That's great. And James Earl Jones is like, contemplate that on the tree of woe. <laughs> 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 James Earl was also burned into my psyche at a young age as the sorcerer from Conan. Fossil Doom. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Just the whole bit, the, the, his whole demonstration of power was oh, yeah. one of my first to just, come my child. Come my child. Thud. And he's yeah. like, that is power. Like, ah! Yeah. I have seen the face of evil and it is James Earl Jones. <laughs> what is the sword compared to the hand that wields it? <laughs> That is like Grail's favorite all-time movie. He can quote the entire thing. While we were in college, his computer would open up to an entire freaking speech about it. You know how long it took a computer to boot? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It would do that. It would do that, too. Conan, what is best in In life? life. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I think I even had the part before where he goes, what is best in life? Yes, you did. And the guy goes, the wind in your hair. And he goes, wrong. Conan, what is best in life? (laughs) And to hear the lamentation (laughs) of the women. Crush your enemies. See them driven before before you. you. Hear the lamentation of the the women. women. Pretty much the longest sentence that that Arnold had in that movie. That's probably all he could handle at that point. Pretty much. He was still very... uh, Uh, Andres. Austrian. Well, he was, yeah, he was completely on roids, but uh, (laughs) he was very Austrian at that point. That was one of the things that's come up on rotation (laughs) on Netflix lately is the original uh, Pumping Iron. Oh, that's that's a a great movie to watch. It's shown up in my recommended queue. It's worth watching at least once just to see how utterly destroyed Lou Ferrigno's psyche. Yeah. It is amazing, the mind games that he played with Lou Ferrigno just to crush him. <laughs> and hear the lamentation of the yeah, Yes, much. exactly. <laughs> Typecasting. Yep. Uh, yeah, so th- that's actually as another little tangent. Uh, for those of you of the Doctor Who bent, um, both Hulu and Netflix have repaired massive holes that they had in their libraries. So oh. they had all the special episodes. They screwed up. They weren't part of seasons properly. Right. I guess they didn't get included in contracts. And... All the newest Torchwood, the um, Miracle Day, are all now oh. up on there. So oh, okay. everything up through the very end of the last season of Doctor mm-hmm. Who and Torchwood are now fully available on both platforms. So if you want to go back and get ready for August 23rd when mm-hmm. Doctor Who returns, um, now's your chance if you have any either of those services. And they put a ton, especially on Hulu, 
a ton of the specials and things that were created around the 50th anniversary last year for Doctor Who. So they've got all these, you know, focus on the first Doctor, second Doctor, all these yeah. retrospectives. So if you want to get somebody caught up to on their Doctor Who lore, there's these great little 20-minute specials that are all available oh, on there. that's good. Taking the kids through and saying, hey, nostalgia, this makes Daddy feel old. Right. You should watch <laughs> these because they're cool. So there's our public service announcement for the uh, nerd viewing pleasure or something like that. Yeah. Right on. Right on, right on. Right on, right on. Now we're back to uh, Ruby, Rod, and Fifth Element again. There you go. Because what is better than Ruby, Rod, and Fifth Element? Hmm, I'm going to see. I know I've got him in here somewhere. I thought I did. (laughs) You have the uh, (laughs) flamethrower. Flamethrower. My favorite. favorite. Yeah, Right on is... uh... That's dazed and confused. That is. That's Matthew no, no, McConaughey. That, that was that, no. What you're saying is right on, right, right on, on, right on. on. Yeah. yeah, no. There was also right a bit of yes. with um, right on, and then went back to his his uh, narrator at the radio station. Right on, right on. With uh, it's he, McConaughey does not have because uh, he was uh, no, he was all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. That's right. That's right. All right, all right. I thought you up on my Matthew McConaughey. I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, see, I am on drugs. Yeah. Yes, Man, you are. So, speaking of him, so again on HBO, so eventually, hopefully, it'll show up somewhere else. True, De- uh, True Detective yep. was awesome, incredible first season. And now they've announced the second season, and they've actually gotten a again a pretty star-studded cast. Well, they're doing do, the American Horror Story right, approach, right? Or, which is a new cast, or the Fargo approach, whatever the, the approach of bringing in a new cast every season. season and telling a different story. And this one has. Uh, Vince Vaughn is the bad guy, apparently. Ah. As a cutthroat... Uh, I had a hard time I, So do I, and so that's why I'm really curious but to see it. I remember seeing Robin Williams as villain and, and right. being really creeped out, so well, it can work. But they're he's playing crazy. onto his strength in that he's, uh, he's a very... Obviously has some issues, but is a charismatic real estate mogul, I believe is what the angle is. But he's doing dirty, obviously, on the side. So it's interesting. I'm like, okay, he's playing charismatic, which is basically Vince Vaughn, which he plays in every role. Right. (laughs) But still, they may be able to do an interesting twist on it. Um, But yeah, overall, really good actors. Colin Farrell, I think, is in it. Yeah. Couple interesting. Uh, they have a female lead that they just announced. Who I don't remember off the top of my head. It wasn't an article I put on there. I just know I was reading this earlier in the week because, like I said, I love the first one so much that I was curious to see where they went with it next. And uh, it it looks good. It looks like. Well, we'll talk about in research chaos. This is this is actually something I talked about earlier in the week. On I was on the big show with on the British Tech Network, and we talked yeah. about Netflix's revenue overtaking HBO. In subscriber revenue. Yeah. And I'm hoping that that will wake HBO up to the fact that, hey, if you just sold us HBO Go, we would give you lots of money. And I could watch all this stuff a lot faster and more legitimately than I do now. So, because I would would have heard nothing but praise for True Detective. Um, Yeah. And did you, have you guys watched True Detective? And is it, is it as... <laughs> he has. I have not. Yeah. Drugs. Is it as <laughs> Call of Cthulhu-esque as people claim? Yeah, I think... I mean, or it has it, overtones of, of there's a lot, Lovecraft? There's, there's a lot of overtones of Lovecraft, a lot of overtones of just kind of almost supernatural to it. But in the end, it 
it definitely goes, and that's if anybody had any complaints about it, I think it was the fact that in the end they kind of wrapped it in a more mundane fashion. Ah. But it still, even with the mundane fashion, it still left the ending where you're like, it was definitely a freaky ending uh, with them resolving the major conflict. But Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey deserve Emmys for their performances. They were outstanding. Because they played young and, and older yeah. versions of themselves very well, I'm told. Right. Very well and showing the difference in how they, how they, know, how they broke up. apart and then came back together. And Matthew McConaughey has just some of the best lines, I think, ever. And he just delivers them with such uh, nihilist, uh, nihilistic tendencies. T- type of outlook on the world. That was incredible, uh, but it's it's an actress from uh, Mad Men, uh, Elizabeth Moss okay. from Mad Men is going to be the female lead. That's right, they're going with uh, a female character yeah. to go around. So yeah, I'm again as I'm a big cheerleader as you've heard before mm-hmm. on this show for all this original oh, yeah. content and you know, appeal. Find your narrow demographic that still is probably millions of people strong. And uh, pander to us. Yeah, Bring I think it, so. And we will give you our money. And I got to give HBO a lot of props in that they always they're always canceling or some show tends to always feel like it's about to end. And yet you look back and you go, okay, there's still shows that I'm interested on right. this channel. And, I mean, mm-hmm. True Blood's ending, uh, Boardwalk Empire, which I never got into. Is no. ending. Uh, but I mean, True Detective was incredible. The Game of Thrones, obviously. Uh, Veep is really funny. The Silicon Valley was really good. That one really got very good in the mm-hmm. later episodes in terms of uh, the comedy that it was doing. And I think that's, again, it just goes back to we really like story. You know, yeah. people like story. I don't know yeah. who it is that watches. I mean, a lot of people watch the uh, the the re- reality TV with pretty much every permutation you can think of, mm-hmm. known to man, but I just... It's got to be appealing to someone. It's got to be appealing yeah. to somebody because everybody get watches the it. Well, it's, I mean, it's the perfect storm for the networks because it's way less expensive to produce. Sure. Right. And gets generally, if they, they hit the right formula, gets the viewers. Mm-hmm. I've just never been one of those viewers. Me neither. I've never, I never, I've not found any reality show ever that I had the slightest interest in tuning in for. Even ones that were supposed to be aimed at me like the cosplay ones right. and the superhero ones. Yeah. Like, this is so freaking contrived. And I was reading articles last month about how one of these reality shows that are supposed to be headed towards the gamer market fell apart spectacularly. Yeah. And the behind-the-scenes reason for it was totally repugnant because there's basically one producer in the mix from the, all the many – part of it is they have many different companies all with their fingers sure. in the pie. Mm-hmm. And they have this one guy who was determined to stir up drama because there was one woman on one of the teams – and kept on basically going from person to person trying to say, hey, you guys feel you're at a disadvantage because you got a girl? And said, hey, you think, uh, how do you feel about going up against a girl? And all the programmers were like completely justifiably offended and put off and basically everybody walked because this one ass was determined to introduce a drama that was not there. Right. They were all showing up to do this. Going to be this this forty eight hour or this it's short like a crunch to get. Right. Yeah, I remember reading some of that. It was basically a push to develop an indie game, and you know, in and, can, can, and of course they salted with the stupid competitions and right. stuff. But the deal breaker for everybody involved was this ass going around trying to drum up boy versus girl drama where there was none. Right. That's got to be happening behind the scenes of all these stupid shows. Well, and the thing like that though, if you realize that that is such an 
a competition intensive field already that you don't need to draw up drama. You let them go at it well, on their own, and there's still going to be competition. Sure, I they're going to work their asses off. Yeah, that's what they do. Exactly. And there's no need for this. There's, I, I think it's still available on Netflix, but uh, Indie Game the movie I mm-hmm. think is still there, and that has drama left and right in it. And there's not drama between people. It's just watching what these guys that have are to go through. small one two man team studios had to go through to make games like Super Meat Boy or uh, oh god, what was the one that Phil. Uh, Fez? Fe- Fez, yeah. Uh, and that Fez. was another spectacular story where Fez, you, you can read the story of the decay and, and cancer of that, Fez yeah, too. His, And how he broke apart from his partner, though, just to drama to get Fez out, and then let alone yeah, going Trying to, to go for Fez, Fez too, and, and him basically saying, I'm where walking there, away. Where there are humans, there will be drama. Of yeah. course. So why are you trying you don't to need create to, and it, especially humans in a high-pressure situation yes. already. Must mm-hmm. deliver under a deadline, and you're being filmed for a national right. audience. Yes. Right. Go. And you can make millions of dollars if your game hits. So. Or... Yeah. Or, or you could just, or just narrowly miss the opportunity. Or you could yeah. go broke. Right. Or you, yeah. I there's mean, a good chance you will be broke because you've probably invested all your money and well, step one, you're a it. game developer. Right. Yeah. Um, mistake number one. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. It's like trying. I'm going. I'm going to be an NFL star. Okay. Okay. You may be, you may be that one in you know fifty thousand that gets a shot. Yeah. Yeah. So be afraid. Oh yeah. Ah. Uh, else have note? I mean, we had. Uh, we're still in the Gilligan. Period for yes. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, we will not spoil. Um, yes. Still? Give another week. Yet. <laughs> Vince Gilgan hath declared that it's a two week period before it is socially acceptable to spoil uh, I'm okay with that. widely available televised and movie content. Sure. Right. And I'm, I stand with Vince because. That's good. Because Vince. It's okay. It's okay. Um, still doing well in the yeah, box office, yeah. though. Oh, yeah. Um, Ninja Turtles. Here's the here, it's, it's the Transformers model. Yeah. Everybody hates it, and it's making good box office. Exactly. I just, I mean, I'm doing the same thing I did with the Transformer model. Trans, I went and saw Transformers two, and I was like, never again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only <I>, once. <laughs> yeah. It's got the same actress. <laughs> yeah, she did. She did migrate <laughs> she over. She did migrate yeah, over, to, migrated the turrated turrated over so. to the turtles. Over to the turtles. Look, you look at Rotten Tomatoes, and it's like, oh, dove, love God, this, this, this will mutate your children. Do not come to this film. Um, well, they said yet, the, the the real acting was bad. The CGI was bad. They yeah. looked more like apes than turtles, and they don't look like I don't know. I mean, they could have done real fan service here, in my opinion. And I know a lot of people are going for, to the movies for nostalgic reasons. Sure, I get that. Um, but it could have been a good movie. I mean, well, come on, it's the Ninja Turtles. Everyone our age knows about if, the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, if they really wanted to try to do, they almost needed to go. If I was doing it, yeah. <laughs> I would have gone Batman Begins style and gone back to Serious. Eastman and Lard comics mm-hmm. and uh-huh. done that and said, I'm going to reintroduce the Ninja Turtles to a generation that already knew about them, but probably grew up with the more cartoony or the Corey Feldman, you right. know, rubber suit version, but reintroduce where it all came from, which was very hardcore graphic novels. Yep. Uh, and, and bring yeah, those stories to life. People forget how straight... How how straight they played. No, that. yeah, there was no like oh, Calabunga, dude, and yeah. pizza and all. I mean, it was really hardcore. Like uh, we're out here to murder these evil people. We just happened to and we just happened to be reptiles. Um, yeah, and that got very much lost in the translation of the years. 
Because um, there people, like, kids were like, it's a ninja and a turtle. <laughs> and they're teenagers. <laughs> the best thing ever. Yeah. yeah this is the same year that brought us Usagi Yojimbo, uh, you know, freaking rabbit samurai. Right. Played with a straight face. Right. Um, I mean, it would be fun. I, I think that would be a way to approach it. But obviously, if they're making money hand over fist, then they are going to keep doing this. Bad consumers. Yeah. No. Do you want bad movies? This is how you get bad movies. Um, uh, however, speaking of movies, I heard they made also the Shredder like robotic in it too. I don't even want to know. I uh, really. Somebody was telling me that. I, was, I uh, didn't know. Um, I hear the the movie with Scarlett Johansson though was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, it didn't it didn't go over as gangbusters as they wanted to. Just, yeah. Uh, Part of the bad press was in the lead up to it. Lots of publications reminding people that it is totally a lie that you only use 10% of your brain. Right. And yeah. you, in fact, use all your brain all the time. And the basis and often repeated fact, or air quotes, fact, Facts, in this movie, yeah. we're increasing the percentage of her brain that she's using. Yeah. And I was like, you well, based it on a completely scientifically proven false. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah no. Well, that and the fact that. Um, even if you could increase yes, the, Lucy um, was the even if you did Lucy, that's right. Even if you could increase the percentage of your brain you were using, that doesn't automatically give you telekinesis. It doesn't automatically give you all this stuff. Which, yeah, I totally get. Well, it's the same and, idea again, limitless. Right, and the problem, the what they said was that that was one of the issues, but that it was enjoyable because it had two really strong intellectual characters. Mm-hmm. You know, both her and the lead male character. We're both really smart people. And yes, you had to really believe some unbelievable stuff. Well, it's a movie. Yeah. Sci-fi. But that it was actually pretty enjoyable. You know, more enjoyable than, say, you know, the Ninja Turtles or yeah. some of the other movies that were out. Well, it's so. what I definitely looked at and went, oh, man, I'm yeah. going to be excited for that to get to HBO or Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely catch it when <laughs> it gets that's, to that's there. more, I mean, if, if I had my druthers, I would have gone for a second yeah. viewing of mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy sometime this week just because... I want to vote with my wallet. Exactly. Yeah. Hollywood, please, more like this. Here's my yeah. cash. The promise I made you is if you brought me good movies, I would give you money, and I want right. to deliver on my part of the deal. Right. Um, but it's just a matter of there's not enough time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I well, was, and it's going to be on, it's going to be in the theaters for a while, so it's not like... This is one of those weird ones where I expect it to still be in the dollar theaters when it shows up as an early purchase on iTunes. What are you laughing at, girl? Oh, uh, our Steam producer... <laughs> Barry's review of Lucy was sexiest episode of Cosmos ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can see that. <laughs> uh, Morgan Freeman was yeah, in the film. It's yeah. pretty easy. I mean, it's like Scarlett Johansson. It you have my interest. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Sci-fi, you have my attention. attention. Right. Yes, exactly. Right. So, but yeah, I mean that Limitless was one I caught. I waited for Netflix, caught it there. It was okay. I mean, I thought it was an interesting premise that they didn't give him psychic powers. He just was able to process information. Information super quick. fast. Get, get several and see, jumps ahead and of you. see uh, connections that you know would take like uh, Russell Crowe, beautiful mind type yeah. right, type thing to ha- make happen. Very mm. Sherlocky. Yeah, exactly. Sherlock Holmes. Sherlocky. Sherlock. Sherlock. <laughs> All right, that brings us handily to our first break. You are listening to Casually Hardcore Live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. When we return, it will be Geeks in the Gaming World, and there are things on the spreadsheet to discuss. When that happens, we shall return right after this. This is Jay Hammond C. from Beyond the Playlist with Jay Hammond C. And you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio.
This is Cleo from Nerd Parents and TMS, and you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Geeks in a Gaming World. Casually Hardcore continues live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. Drugs are good and kind. You should all do drugs. Okay. <laughs> drugs okay. are bad. Drugs are bad and kind. Don't do drugs. <laughs> No, drugs are really damned useful uh, used properly. Yes. And this is one of those times because first three days of this week sucked. <laughs> anyway, geeks in the gaming world, there are many things happening, but the first one to make us all feel old. Yeah. Ten year anniversary of World of Warcraft doth approach. Yeah. Ten years. Wow, yep. look at that. And they're <clears throat> down... To 6.8 million subscribers. Oh, what will they ever do? H-O-O-H-O-O. Wow is dead. Yes. <laughs> Again, wow is Again. dead. I mean, obviously it's declining, but in 10 years, I think the fact they've gone down from their peak was right around 12 million. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just under it. So they've lost about half their subscriber, but they still have 6.8 million. Yeah. yeah. And also it's the... Between expansions, lull, because yes. Warlords of Draenor is not expected to ship until later this year, right. so there will be a spike of re... I may, I may re-up for it, depending on how sexy it looks, we'll see. Um, I waited until well into Pandaria before I finally ventured into Pandaland. Um, Pandaland. However, some of the fun things they've come up with to celebrate yeah. the 10th anniversary... Terran Mill versus South Shore, the rematch. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. That's cool. If anyone remembers when they first started rolling out PvP, in which didn't launch with the game, right? the epic battles between Terran Mill and South Shore, because they were both... The towns were close to each other, and they hosted flight points. Right. So you could fly in reinforcements easily. And just the waves back and forth between South Shore and Terran Mill... Of complete mayhem, disorganized, oh, yeah. if it's red, it's dead, killing sprees. Yeah, well, not only that, but they had it so uh, the guards weren't as buffed either. Right. So you could actually roll through the town and, and murder level people. the town. Yeah. You could even kill. I don't know if they had the. Because I think they had to eventually buff the flight masters as well. No, it was a trolling technique because yeah. you would kill the flight master. Right. Because uh, you trap like, people. Right. <laughs> and they later made the. the the flying beasts attack also that came later right they, they wouldn't actually attack so yeah there was a great um 
great history of trolling the hell out of each other in those particular parts of the world. And so they've got, they say, if you engage in PvE early and well, you might have some fond memories of, and perhaps a few scars from, the endless tug-of-war between Horde and Alliance players at Terran Mill and South Shore. To recapture that feeling, we'll be opening a team deathmatch-style battleground based on the timeless struggle. Right. However, unlike the old days of Terran Mill versus South Shore, there will be a clearly defined victor, so you'll need to work as a team or face crushing defeat. So it'll P actually be... Work OP. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're going to reopen a version of Molten Core. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boosted yeah. to max level and turned back into a 40 40. That's kind of cool. That's cool. Just, just for the hell just of it. because, well, I mean, they have to give people stuff to Just do. for reasons. Right. Yeah. But this is the right kind of nostalgia, I think. Oh, yeah. Just, like, bring back just a taste of the bad old days. Yeah. Get 40 people together. 40? Exactly. Um, I hope they make it really freaking hard like Molten Boar was originally. Um, yeah, but I mean, 40 was like the max, but you could get through most of it with like 35. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, even if you had technically 40, you were guaranteed at least five people were either AFK, had fallen into a lava pit, something yes. horrible has happened. Or they were pulling the your way. Yeah. yeah, or at the core. At the end, you were at around 15, 20. Yeah, it was <laughs> ridiculous. But Everybody was... loot the damn corehound so the Skinners can get it. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I remember that's when I was tanking yeah. just doing that. No, I remember that was one of my, one of my earliest and, and clearest memories of ever raiding. Yep. Where it was the Gar fight, so you had all the mini oh the little rocks yeah, and I had to spend 15 minutes convincing the raid leader that my bear could in fact tank, and I had more fire resist on me than the main tank had. Just let me tank the little off boss. So finally got the go ahead in that and was fine. But also the you were you had the last little guy before we engaged Gar. You were tanking oh, him. Yeah, and. We're finishing up, and we're all charging towards you, and you say, over, oh, thank God. And then, bam, Boom. they were one shot yeah. dead. <laughs> it's like, yep. oh, poor Grail. Yeah. <laughs> but we won because you held yep. him to the bitter and we got there just in time. Yeah, that was rough. That was, yeah, it was interesting fights. It definitely made you appreciative of your healer. Yes. <laughs> most of the time, you that you had to have like four tanks, and you'd each get segmented off four, sometimes even six tanks, yep. and each get paired off with a healer to keep you up as you went. And it was usually, yeah, in that fight, it was the strongest tank and strongest healer had to be on that last guy because yep. you were tanking forever. No, I remember part of the deal I had to check was I had to tank the first right. baby boss because I needed to be able to get up, come over, and innervate yeah. your healer. Right. Because that's what druids were good for at that point in the game. Yeah, pretty much. Innervate. Yep. And and Valores. Yeah. Anytime Mm. you are able to give mana to somebody else, it's always a catch-22. It's an interesting ability. But I remember in EverQuest, EverQuest. where necromancers are like, I'm just a mana battery. I just come here to like twitch and give somebody else my mana who Mm -hmm. can actually do something something useful with it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I felt so bad for necromancers. At so, least the enchanters had like clarity, which was just you know just give you a little boost, but they could do other things. Yeah, K-E-I. but there's some yeah. great stuff in the in Molten Core. I mean, you get the was the no that was in uh, that was in Upper Black Rock. I'm thinking the beast was there in Upper Black Rock. Yeah, right? but they had the core hound. They had the, the core hound. In fact, that's one of the rewards. And they for did the have the one hound boss guy, as I recall. Oh yeah, um, it was like sec- Yeah, he was the second boss you fought. Um. And one of the rewards for the 10th anniversary is a Corehound mount. 
Yeah, yes. Torhound as a mount, and then yes. they also give you a little, little flaming corgi. Corgi. Corgi, yeah. Because puppy. reasons. A pup, yeah. yeah. But they don't give you the, uh, you know, fireproof armor to ride the mount, so I'd yeah. like to see someone pop on top of one of those and like, oh, God, like yes. set on fire or something. That'd be cool. Well, but you just you get a Destro warlock on there. He's like, what? It tickles. <laughs> well, wouldn't it be funny right. the first time you popped on your mount and then you, you started, your character starts screaming and going around in circles on the what mount? Was that <laughs> oh, God. Terrible idea. <laughs> Yeah. That's one of my favorite. I think I like that. <laughs> audio files from Team Fortress Two is the the scout, one of his death death things. Oh God, I regret everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So if you want to get your nostalgia on when the tenth anniversary comes around, there's mm-hmm. the normal. You, if you log in during the time period, you get the the achievements, and there's chivos for doing the new molten core and the Terran Mill thing. Just, just would probably give me nightmares. <laughs> No, the flight master's on. I can't get away. I can't get away. Yeah. Just log out of the game. Ah. Exactly. Time to go cool down. Yep. So, in the land of uh, Oh, How the Mighty May Be Falling, uh, PC Gamer's got one of many that have articles about the changes yeah. to the Twitch platform. Um, number this one, they. Everywhere. They, yep. Well, Twitch has become, wants to become the premier video game live streaming service and they've struck deals with Microsoft and Sony right. to, to be integrated right into the console platforms. They've totally refocused to the point where they retired Justin.tv earlier the, earlier in the mm-hmm. week. It's mm-hmm. gone forever and it's Twitch only, which restricts what content you can put over it to gaming related topics. Right. Yep. And now in a move that of course uh, the internet uh, nerds are all wailing and gnashing of teeth. Yep. On the video-on-demand playbacks, they're putting in copyright restrictions for music that their robot may or may not detect properly um, in the video-on-demand sure. playback. Yep. People are saying, well, this is yet another sign that they're warming up to be bought by YouTube slash Google. Right. Because um, Google already does that on YouTube. They will, they on behalf of the rights holders, will robotically scan your content and with a... Uh, Accuracy rate that is much debated. Yeah. If they think they detect music that you don't have the rights to, they will mute the audio in your playback. And speaking from experience, working with the guys over at Frog Pants, Brian Ibbett, who does Coverville, mm-hmm. pays his licensing to all the proper licensing bodies every year. Right. So he has absolute explicit right to use the music that he does in the videos and podcasts that he does. Twitch regularly cuts off his audio and they have no mechanism for him to submit proof that I have purchased my license, which just tells me that they don't want to know that you're innocent. They are going to presume you're guilty because they haven't even bothered building a tool to prove that that you are licensed. Yeah. They're also having stories of people who have written their own games, composed their own music, put a video out of it, and the audio gets muted. Yeah. And they're like, I own this. I created this. (laughs) So a day or so into this policy change, they added an appeal button to the video on demand section. So if you feel you have been unjustly muted in your playback, they've at least begun putting a system in place to say... Please look closer at this. This is not, in fact, the song you think it is, and go from there. Hmm. It's just this fine line of 
the music industry yet again kind of holding us back from cool things and in their in their lust for being paid for every little thing. I, I got to really quick give props to Hando and IRC for the major league reference. Good job. Dare I ask? <laughs> He's offering a cigar and rum to Joe Boo. <sighs> I'm good to you, Joe Boo. Yes. I stand up for you. Oh, God. You know, help me now. And then As F you, Joe Boo. I do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Joe Boone needs a refill. Right, (laughs) Yep. Oh, goodness. So, yeah. That's interesting, though, because for... I mean, I know that they they do that a lot, but for for Gishwish that we just did, we had to post a video that was unsubscribed, but we had to post it to YouTube, and Mm -hmm. it had to have opera music on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I wonder... Possibly asking for trouble. Possibly asking for trouble, yeah. Well, I mean, I think... I don't know. I guess it depends on really how this came about. Twitch may have gotten to a point where they got big enough, and finally the RIAA looked and went, <coughs> "What do you? What do you mean you archive these videos?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, this only applies to the archive right. ones. Live streams. Right. They, they claim they do not monitor and, and have no plans to monitor. Right. right. So I, I don't know if they just got pressured to the point where they said, "You either take immediate action, or you're about to get lawsuits up the." Or their lawsuit. lawyers came to them and yeah. said, "You need to be proactive about you this." to jump on this as fast as possible and maybe they then did a knee-jerk reaction to right. it without clearly thinking through hmm. like maybe we should have a mechanism for people to say hey no my stuff is legal and yeah. stuff like that so they seem to be backtracking and getting some of that stuff up it's just a shame they didn't start with that thought or like brought it i would have thought the best thing they could have done is brought it to the community and said hey look this is where we're at part of the bitching was that it came out of nowhere right no warning no discussion just boom there it is yeah new policy like brit because i mean you have a very loyal community of folks that use your service and just go to them and say look we can't have this type of stuff in our catalog that doesn't have copyrights we need to figure out now as a community how we're going to do how we're going to deal with it exactly and at least make them part of the solution you know they could have come to the community and said we would like to please ask you do not use music that you don't have the rights to right in your videos right plain and simple now, everyone loves to kind of play their games to their favorite music. And that's how most mm-hmm. of this came out. It just happened to be what the guy was listening to in the background right. while he was playing StarCraft or League right. of Legends or whatever. Um, so we have to modify people's behavior and say, well, you can't really do that if you want to have a video on demand. Right. So change the behavior of the people recording. This just, it came across mm-hmm. as heavy-handed. And, and people was. already have really negative feelings about the RIAA. Yeah. So this is just stoking an old fire sure. back into flame. Sure. It's just, I mean, it, it, from a legal standpoint, I'm sure it needs to be done. They just could have handled how they went about it a lot better. I, 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 I don't, I don't have a problem with them the doing it. I just more have a problem with how they handled it. Work on the message, guys. Yeah. <sighs> Delivery, exactly. not so good. Not so good. So who wanted Bioshock on their iPhone in the first place? I have no, I idea. Have no idea. I mean, I love me some Bioshock. I know, no, I want to give this one entirely because I know you <laughs> I mean, love you some yeah. Bioshock. Uh, I mean, my button again this year for PAX is, has Bioshock um, sort of in it. Most of it, it's it's pretty it much based on Bioshock. <laughs> so I, I just, the whole point of Bioshock, though, it was gorgeous and it was scary and it the sound was, design was spectacular. The sound design was amazing, and the um, the well, not even just the sound, the artistry of it was just out of this world. And what made it such a great game, other than obviously it had an amazing story, was that you were transported into that world because everything came together. Now I don't know if looking at 
first of all, I would never play it on my iPhone. I know that's why would you even want to try or that iPad is just or that's, whatever. Yeah. that's just way too tiny right there, but on the iPad, from what we've been from what you know has been out is that the graphics are pretty bad well yeah, i mean that's you you started yeah. your your reminiscence about Bioshock with it was gorgeous and yeah. immersive and in this end gadget article, one of the paragraphs begins with yes. Bioshock doesn't look as good on iOS. In truth, in-game lighting and shadows are cut down pretty dramatically, as are art assets. And then why did you even bother? And it also states that one of the first scenes where it's this spectacular plane crash and there's fire, yeah. fire the water ev- and- everywhere and there's fire coming up the water and mm-hmm. it's just great and it doesn't look so good, apparently. Yeah. it's. I mean, it just doesn't put you in the right frame of mind. I mean, my my, my, my memory of that is... The first time, not realizing that the cutscene was over. Oh yeah, <laughs> because the transition yeah. was seamless, and, and it's like what the, the 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 graphics didn't get dumbed down like I've always right. seen after a cutscene. Like, oh, I'm supposed to move my character. Oh crap! Yeah. Um, and that's all missing from this because the the graphics capability, while for a tablet, they're they're fine. They're yeah. they're they're quite impressive. They're not up to this level. So just what? Why I did they know. think it was the, necessary? The cynic in me goes. Two K said. Kevin Levine left. Mm-hmm. Let's make some money off of Bioshock. Let's do a quick cash grab off. Of, uh, we'll just port it here and see if we can make, make a dime while we try to figure out what we're going to do next. Yeah, because, I mean, really, where are they going to go next with that title? Yeah, I don't know. But I, it was – they said they are going to continue it, but it's it was one of those just – yeah, I don't – I don't get why they thought it was a good translation. Like yeah. certain games, XCOM moving to the iPad, I get it. It turn-based, turn-based works yeah. really well on that type of device. <laughs> certain other games moving over, sure. This one, it's like first-person shooter. you got to do a lot of strafing. Just, you got to avoid a lot of yeah. things. And they it's, do mention you can get like a Bluetooth controller right. for sure. it. But who's, who's going to go to that extreme? Yeah. I mean, there are first-person shooters that are designed for the iPad right. that work beautifully. Right. But none of them are ports. They're all no. ground up. I'm going to build this. We're going to have a touch interface that makes sense and works. Mm-hmm. This ain't that. And they've had Bioshock has been part of a million different packs and bundles mm-hmm. and different ways. And none of that. They have no plans to release any of that downloadable content. Right. Well, I mean, not even. Yeah, you don't have the DLC in it. And it's again like if you don't own Bioshock or have had the opportunity to get Bioshock then for you your don't computer want for a very very cheap price, yes. like. Less than five bucks, you, you probably, probably don't want it then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you probably aren't interested in that title. But maybe there are a group of gamers that maybe. have only gamed on the iPad and decide, oh, Bioshock, hey, let's let's go it. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Hey, if they if they have never experienced the story, it gets them to experience the story. I guess that's a good thing. It, and it is a great story, and the story will survive. I think the bad graphics, in my opinion, because it's a good story. But yeah, but eventually those. I hope eventually those gamers come over and, and play it on something real and go, oh. oh this is what I was missing. I see now. No, I just, no, I just yeah. would you kindly not do transparent cash grabs? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <sighs> now, from th- this land of high-powered PC gaming being ported over to non-powerful platforms, yeah. let's talk about board games. Yeah, exactly. Oh, love me some board games. Um, and Polygon has an article about... This is such a good lead into our pack. It is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is involves yes. board games, for sure. Um, so they give a, a listing of games to, to keep an eye on. Yeah, a couple games, and mm-hmm. then one that's coming out. Uh, the first game being Pandemic, which we, we already own. We love Pandemic. Played, that we've played... 
we've gotten my dad to play and my stepmom. They went out and bought a copy of it after playing. Uh, I, I don't know if other Intrep friends of ours, they it. may. Yeah, we've, um, everybody that's played, has played it, it has enjoyed it. It's a great co-op game. We now own the two expansion sets for yep. it. And it is a blast. It's a lot of fun to try to figure out how you can save the world from four diseases of doom. Yes. <laughs> and we've named all our diseases based on yes. their color. So everything has, you know, and they're all supernatural. Right. <laughs> so yeah. We've got vampires and yeah. other things. Space so AIDS. Space AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> so that was their first game. The second game is Risk Legacy, which I really hadn't heard about. So that was yeah. an interesting yeah, one to read about that. The fact that they take the, the basic concept of Risk created six very unique armies that then have leveling to them and added some role-playing elements and at the same time shorten the average length of a risk game that's from important five hours down to about 30 to 45 minutes because my memories of risk always begin with a board flip <laughs> pretty much or like two armies in australia holding out they against never five get rid of. thousand yes. freaking australia oh god um so this one sounded really cool. I was like, okay, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe one to go look at. And then their other one they said they've announced in the same mold is Pandemic Legacy, which, I mean, if it's Pandemic, you yeah, you have I my, intense, get it. my interest and attention. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and same developer. So it's definitely one to, I'll, I will for sure keep an eye out on. They don't have too much news on that one, but I've, you know, after reading this article, I will be keeping an eye out for Risk Legacy at some point to pick up and try out. Because uh, board games has been a nice renaissance uh, of late. You know, I think we've been playing them. Uh, I have Star Trek Catan. That one's a lot of fun to play. Uh, a friend of ours got the zombie, zombie side. Zombie side. That is a That's blast. another one where you uh, it's uh, cooperative also, but right. it's so much cooperative, and you're trying to you do, you do various scenarios where you're basically trying to get out or do something during a zombie apocalypse. Yes, which is a lot of fun to play. It. Part of what I took away from this article was this interesting because the the two legacy games, the mm-hmm. design decisions were. To shorten them. Yes. So it's basically they're taking the casual game mentality and pointing it at classic board games. And I think that will fly. Yeah. Especially in this oh, yeah. where everyone feels like they don't have a ton of time. Right. Exactly. M- what will talk me out of you know sitting down for a board game is, wow, do I have two and a half hours? Right. And they're saying, well, we're shooting for 30 to 45 minute yeah. games mm-hmm. here. Maintaining the flavor of these games you remember and love. Well, I think they it, will get my money, and it's good. And then you may even have two and a half hours to dedicate. But do you want to play one game in two and a half hours, or, four or three or four games in right. two and a half hours? And I think in general, yeah, it's it's the same thing we face when we play League of Legends. We don't play the normal Summoner Rift game because in general those take forty five minutes to an hour, and we can get three games of uh, a ram in in right. that same amount of time. So it's like, well, why would we want to? Basically lock ourselves in to to one game where if we lose, we're all going to be like unhappy we lost and then have to face either playing another game for an hour 
or again, go through three or four ARAMs and maybe split the night between wins and losses. Yeah, I mean, I would rather have you know four opportunities to maybe win yeah. than one lengthy one where about a quarter of the way and I realize I'm doomed. We're yeah. not I'm win. dead. I just haven't stopped moving yet. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, well, and the other thing too is, it, especially if you were bringing new people into the group, so yeah. you know, you've got a new people, you've got a set of new people to introduce to this new board game. I mean, you've got three or four board games that you may really, really want to play with them. So yeah. then you've got. I mean, everyone we've introduced to that, Cards of Humanity, they've right. purchased it. You know, a zombie side is probably going to be our next one where yeah. we'll probably start popping some people into that because we love that game. Yeah, it was it was really neat. And that was another one. They did a good job with that game of giving you scenarios, and each scenario has different time limits to it. So you can really mm-hmm. then adjust your gameplay to whatever works best for your group. I mean, eventually, yeah, I would love to do a hour-long, two-hour-long mm-hmm. scenario where it's a massive zombie apocalypse. That'd be cool. But right now, I want to play quick ones because... Because I'm still trying to even figure out what the rules are and getting you know grounded in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, leading up to PAX, I mean, mm-hmm. we we have discovered that when we go to PAX, we always come back with one or two board games that we love. Now, some yeah. of them, most of them were Kickstarters. One of them that we really loved, unfortunately, yeah. did not get Kickstarted, which was sad. And it was a simple, fast, easy game that you yeah, could play. Yeah, it was a card game. And you could play it on the airplane. You could take it with you anywhere. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Golem Arcana, yeah. um, which we got our... We got our- yeah, our, our Kickstarter, Kickstarter set, set now. Awesome. They are the figurines are gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous. They're beautiful figurines. No skimping. No mm. skimping whatsoever. So yeah, it was really cool. Looks really good. We haven't we quite just played had a it chance yet. to play it yet because of Gishwis Gishwis. and everything else. Yeah, it kind of ate your week. So it ate our entire week. But Gishwis is over, so that's cool. So now we have time yeah. to start back into the games. Yeah, there's there's just two. I like stupid. Divinity Original Sin is still eating up so much time. It's like every time I think, okay, I must be getting towards the end. It's like, no, that was just the third area. Like, oh my God, okay, let's go. We're trucking along. And then for whatever reason, it's it's like listening to certain bands for me. Every six months or so, I just I have to play Skyrim again. I can't help myself. It's awesome. <laughs> it is time to jump back into Skyrim, throw a couple different mods on there, and go and murder. Uh, I think there people. are there are comfort food games and activities well it's what that's one of those ones i look back at like when i first played i went this game's really good now i'm looking back i'm like this is probably one of the best games they've ever made <laughs> like just keep, because keep, of the mod to it in. and everything the ability to keep it fresh and the how active the community still is i mean you talk about wow being 10 years old this game is five years old now and it still has a super active modding community see that's something everything. that really is is shrinking as you know, console games become the dominant life form, for right. which there's almost no modding. Um, None. Yeah. There's the occasional in-game map editor, but nothing like a true mod. Sure. Um, and even you know, the life cycle of the games where they start as a console and get ported over to the PC, they're less likely to have. Right. I mean, Battlefield games used to be modded from here to hell and oh, back, yeah. and no, really, no longer. Nope. So yeah, I, I cheer every every good modding tool that uh, oh, yeah. comes available because. The fans will surprise you, yes. Some, yeah, with their skills and their ideas, and don't don't abandon that. And they're so that. surprising that some games are actually including that as part of their, you know, mm-hmm. structure. All right, so out there in the world, we're going to cruise uh, into our break, and when we return, have your copies of Skype ready. So if you come up with uh, comments on anything from the research chaos segment, just go ahead and jump right on. We'll just kind of mash the uh, segments together, okay. and so yeah. More Andrew Allen Trio. Still on drugs. Not him. Me. Um, (laughs) 
got the, since we were talking of WoW, this is the Lament of the Highborn that uh, he did for his uh, free play album. We shall return after that and talk about Research Chaos and Nerds with Opinions. That's you, so call in when you're ready. The uh, Skype ID is GnomeWise. That's G-N-O-M-E-W-I-S-E. We shall return after this. Hey, everybody, this is Old Man Franks. Get off my lawn and go listen to Alpha Geek Radio, darn it.
This is AlphaGeekRadio.com. <laughs> Casually Harker continues live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. And I forgot to have it play Research Chaos. Research Chaos! Ah, oh, God, oh, my hair! It's in my hair! It's in my hair! Silence! <laughs> ah. So this week, uh, our research team brought us the thread named, Wow, 10th Anniversary is here, is almost here, I Feel Old Edition from MacBit, not to be confused with MacButt. And our secret stealthy Skype uh, extra co-host has joined us. Uh, hi, you're on the air. Who's on the line? This is true. False. But <laughs> <laughs> bum I am shot. Yeah. And she's going to join us for Research Chaos, in which we have many things, uh, starting with the, from the surprise to no one department, um, everyone involved with Galaxy Quest would love to do a sequel. Yes! So they've pieced together interview information from everyone who would need to be on board, basically, to have there be a Galaxy Quest 2, and everyone routinely said, oh, I would jump at that in in a heartbeat. Hollywood, why is this not happening? Yes, do it. Do it now. I'm not quite sure where they would go with it, but there's so many different directions they could, and they built a nice little universe there, and I don't know. I, I would even, even if it only looked marginal in the previews, I would give them my money just to say, good effort. Yeah. Try, yeah. try more like this. Yeah, it's just one of it's one of those movies. It's got a lot of things to quote. It's funny as heck. It was very original for the time. Is it maybe something they can only pull off one time though? Can you only lampoon Star Wars, Star Trek fandom one time really and get away with uh, it? Or? I don't think well, so. I, I think mean, they can always there. they can always do. I know they <sighs> they went to a con. Yeah. Right at the very end. At the very end. Yeah, it was it was set around. I mean, it started in a con and then ended. And then right. the, the book ended it. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I mean. I think they could do stuff yeah. with it. I mean, I think, you know, Robot Chicken's proven you can do enough different things. True. Yeah, take, that's true. Uh, with sci-fi, and I think they could figure out a way to, to make it interesting. I mean, whether it'd be as good as the original, I don't know, but I'd like to see them give it a shot, especially if everybody's that enthusiastic to try it. Exactly. Yeah. So well, one that. thing you have to remember is when that movie was originally greenlit, it was actually a serious drama. It was just mutated into a comedy I didn't during realize uh, that it was the, really uh, a serious production. Pitch. Interesting. That I'm glad it didn't stay that way. No, because it was funny. I, I I mean, it's still one of the ones that no matter when it comes on, I sit down and watch it. I've yeah. seen it probably half a million times. Yeah, just because oh, it's on. I must I must watch it. Exactly. That's a hell of a thing. <laughs> Hello, Tony. Is there air? You don't know. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. That I mean, that's. I I definitely pay money to see that. It was inside out and exploded. And exploded. <laughs> yeah, see they they done right. It's, yes. it's in our brains and so I would I would I'd say risk it. Somebody put the money forth for that. Obviously everyone wants to get on board. Yeah, and you know what if it doesn't really hit, you still have the first one that was amazing, so at least, you know. There's the often re- referenced formula on this show that Hollywood likes to go at, which is the the sequel formula. Most sequels, unless it's Highlander 2, have the <laughs> likelihood of making at least two-thirds what the original did. So they, a lot of sequels get made 
because like, yeah, it's all, it's almost guaranteed money. So yeah. please apply that formula to this and bring us more fun. Do it. Fun goodness. Uh, <laughs> also in the possibly, now that you think about it, surprise to no one department. Music from the 70s. Yeah. Back at the top of the charts, thanks to Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. If you haven't seen the movie, um, the main character has a mixtape that his mother made from him for him. He's a child of the 80s, so her favorite music was all late 60s, early 70s music. And they use that as the soundtrack for many of the sequences in the film. As you've seen in the, pre- in the preview trailer, Blue Swede doing Hooked on a Feeling mm-hmm. is only one of several that are featured in the movie. And there's a ton. Cherry Bomb! Yeah. Yep. Um, yes, Awesome Mix Volume 1 is uh, Star-Lord's treasured uh, tape that he brought with him from Earth. Exactly. And the iTunes, I mean, Iolite immediately went out and grabbed Blue Swede. Yeah, and it's, it's, she it's, helped it. We, just, we all did our part, and now that you think about it, in this day and age where you can, if you want to be a real prick, you can do it right in the theater on your phone. You can order and download the music the moment you have the thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this kind of instant reaction to a pop culture movement shouldn't be that surprising anymore. Right. Uh, they've they've streamlined the ability to obtain the, the tunes and the movies you want to the point where it's right there. Instant gratification. Exactly. I'm driving home from the theater and I'm already listening to it on my car stereo. <laughs> well, I'll have to tell you, I did that once with uh, the Lego Movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, we went to see the Lego Movie. It I still was have su- not seen it. Oh, it, it, it's so good. You absolutely have to see it. I will. But so everything is awesome is the song that they that they play right and the instant i saw that it's because um it's the only song they're allowed to listen to so of course everything is awesome is top of the charts because it and it plays over and over and over in the lego universe plays over and over and over and over and over again and it's just so funny because it's like everything is awesome you know it's very (laughs) poppy and then it's uh um everything is cool and you're part of the team so i as soon as I heard that, I was like, I'm going to annoy the living daylights out of my team by playing that song over <laughs> and over again. This is our new team song. This is our new team song. Everything is awesome. So on the way home, Grail was driving home and I was downloading yeah. Everything is Awesome on my, on my phone. So yeah, that happens more often than not. I didn't realize that they had actually named the album Awesome Mix Volume 1. Yep. Oh, the yeah. The actual name of the album in, in stores. That's oh, awesome. yeah. Well, I actually had an almost of that. It was uh, Wreck-It Ralph. It was uh, some song. I got up to you, oh, I got to buy that song. I go into the Play Store on my phone, and it's out, It's with album only. You can't buy it by itself. Oh, that's so, your dick I say, like, Do I want to pay $25 for a Disney album for one freaking song? No. no. <laughs> you, and, and you just cheated, you know, studio, you just cheated yourself out of, out of sales. Some cash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, because I mean, really, there's very few albums that I buy anymore. If it doesn't have "foo" in the title, <laughs> yeah. I'm probably not buying the whole album. Yep. So I don't know. There's very, very few albums that I'd like everything. The music industry, while being the industry that has been beaten uh, most solidly into the 21st century, still holds on to these old ideas that they can somehow control what consumers do. And so you see moves like that of, well, you got to buy the album to get the song we knew was going to be the most popular. <laughs> no, I right. just pirated it because <laughs> I tried to give you money and you stopped me from giving you money. 
where is that in your business model? Is it is it a bullet point on the mission statement? Stop people from giving us money? <laughs> well, I'm sure, especially for Disney, they probably looked at it and said, well, we'll make X amount off of if we offer this song by itself by itself but if we were to instead make it part of the album how many parents are going to buy that for their kids then because their kids just want it even though they only want the one song right how many are they going to spend for the whole album every single parent who's not a nerd pretty much yeah, yeah. Just, because oh, we'll just go out and get it right right, right. i mean could you imagine if they made uh the uh god what's the frozen song? oh the frozen let song let it go let, let it go, it like, oh let my it go god and it had to be you had to buy the album do you know how many albums they would have sold for that i mean i'm sure they still sold bajillion albums because kids apparently well, that's I mean, crap well here's the weird thing this is basically this is basically coming from the same studio yeah. because it's disney which is the mouse owns all mm-hmm. right and disney effectively sold frozen and helped make it a hit by giving the music video for Let It Go away for free on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You look back, and that was brilliant mm-hmm. marketing. Because before I saw that, I didn't know anything about Frozen. Right. I'd seen the odd trailer, and I thought, oh, that's um, cute. Cute-ish. <laughs> oh, there's a dorky reindeer who can't walk on ice. Okay. Um, the trailers didn't tell a lot about the story. I didn't even realize that it was a retelling of the Ice Queen Um and then prominently featured all over YouTube one day, and this is shortly after the movie had released, right. suddenly Disney is posting these HD beautiful versions of the Let It Go sequence from the movie. And while I'm watching this, my four-year-old wanders into the room mm. and is transfixed by this. And multiple viewings of the movie in theaters later, purchase of the song and purchase of the movie on iTunes later. They've been completely successful marketing this, getting money out of my family. Yeah. And yet the same movie house pulled the same maneuver of, oh, well, you want the one? You got to buy the album. Mm -hmm. Which is it, guys? Because the one clearly works. The left hand does not know what the right hand is up to. Pretty much. Give it to me now. Exactly. Because we've proven we'll go out and buy it the instant we want it. It's yep. not. I don't know. I just work here. Hmm. Ah, and we touched on this one earlier in the show, and I've talked uh, earlier in the week about it. The milestone of Netflix, you know, that little upstart company, those, those dorks that would mail you DVDs. How stupid is that? That was so not stupid because I used to do that all the time. <laughs> I loved mailing the, my the DVDs The original model back. was kind of scoffed at originally. <laughs> like you're going to think these things are going to survive in the mail and people are going to be willing to wait for the mail to arrive to get their movies when Blockbuster is right down the road. I mean, come right. on. What a silly idea. They knew we were lazy back then. Netflix understood things <laughs> that others did not, and that a lot of people didn't see that. Now it seems obvious. And also the whole, wow, Netflix, you're, you're building a streaming service that's going to destroy your own core business of renting DVDs. Think that's a good move? Clearly. Yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely, because yes. Because from USA Today, we've got Netflix passes HBO in subscriber revenue. So the... Our friends at Netflix are now playing with the big boys, home mm-hmm. box office, 
And, and how many of you kids out there even knew that HBO stood for home box office? Uh, <laughs> have Netflix has passed them in raw subscriber revenue. So the new kid is now leading the pack. And looking at this, I, I hope this is a signpost along the way of just let me buy your stuff directly over the right. internet at HBO. Mm-hmm. Please, for the love of God, divorce yourself from, from this, par- this, this parasitic relationship yeah. with the... Because it's not symbiotic anymore. Mm-mm. Nope. HBO derives a lot less from that relationship than the cable carriers oh, do the other oh, yeah. way. Used to be a symbiosis. HBO would get the rights to the movies, and the cable companies would deliver it over their wires to their subscriber base, and it worked for a while. Then came this internet thing, mm-hmm. which just to confuse things, also happens to run over those same wires and is often delivered by the same company that was also delivering the cable TV... That's a whole other conversation. But especially in the era where HBO has moved into creating their own massively popular content. They're not just playing movies that other people made anymore. Mm -hmm. The whole dynamic has shifted. And and the sooner they break away from their being beholden to these cable companies and start selling directly to us, the faster they will have my money. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and I don't... I don't have HBO for the movies. I have Netflix for movies. Yeah. I have other streaming. Right. You have HBO for Game of Thrones. I have HBO for their content, not for movies. It's a fairly recent development in their company history. Yeah. And I don't expect this to happen immediately or overnight because it's a long-standing relationship and it's deeply entrenched. But somebody at HBO has got to be looking at that and saying, huh. Looks like you can successfully sell original yeah. content. Because Netflix is basically the same as HBO at this point. Oh, yeah. They have a huge stable of movies. Mm-hmm. And now they're making original content. Right. Mm-hmm. The only thing they don't do is deliver over cable lines. Right. Yep. They just deliver to everything else in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> you want to p- play it on Google Glass? Okay, fine. You want to mm-hmm. play it on your wristwatch? Probably coming soon to a smartwatch I'm near you. I'm sure it is. Yeah. So. Although too tiny, too tiny. Yeah. Maybe the smart glasses. If I had, if I had nothing else. Yeah. If I happened, happened to only have a smartwatch with me, I would take that over. No entertainment. True. That would not be my preferred viewing yes. device. Of course. Hey, how's this for a wacky prediction? Comcast buys t- Time Warner Cable, so we, if this happens, they'll now own like what seventy percent of the cable market. Way too damn much, yes. Which, but here, but here's what might happen: Time Warner, the new conglomerate, is going to go up to HBO. So, you know what? We're paying you too much for this. We're we're going to cut your. We're only going to pay you a third of what we're paying you now, and you don't dare cancel our contract because that boot that would uh, drop your your viewership by seventy percent. Your ratings would die. It's like, and Comcast. And HBO and the cable companies get this, and they say, you know what? New deal. We're going internet only, and we're going to give away a free Chromecast with uh, yes, with uh, one year with one year with one year contract to our service. <laughs> it's like, so guess what? We're back on their TVs. I would love, and now the cable companies get nothing. <laughs> I would love to see, even independently. I mean, they're big enough now where Comcast or Time Warner could approach HBO and attempt to throw their weight around. They're already enough of a of a monopoly in their yeah. own markets to say, "Hey, you want our you want access to our customers? Pony up!" And I would love to see HBO draw the line and say, "Oh yeah." And I'm 
basing this off the assumption that HBO likely has fully developed in the background a full support mechanism for pure HBO Go subscribership. They've already had to build all the back the backbone mm-hmm. to support all the devices they already do. Because you can get HBO Go on a lot of devices. It's standard yeah. on Apple TV, Roku boxes, on your computer, all the different tablet platforms, mm-hmm. Android and iOS, Absolutely. all have HBO Go apps. So Xbox has HBO, come on. Exactly. Yeah. So they've done most of the legwork already. Mm-hmm. So pulling the trigger on the screw you guys we're going to deliver directly if they get back to this this is part of the dance that they're doing Mm -hmm. is the cable companies don't feel very confident about trying to throw their weight around and get more money out of the deal because they know that this could happen they could could force their worst nightmare Mm -hmm. to come true right where people will realize just how little they need their cable company for anymore yeah I mean I love one of my favorite you know weekly shows to watch is Cord Killers where they talk about all the myriad ways you can get all the content you want to watch, where you want it, right. on the device you want, when you want to watch it. And there's no perfect solution, but there are some that get pretty damn close. And the, yeah. one of the big holdouts is HBO. Well, HBO, and like I said, right now, for me, I mean, the option that it's driving me towards would be to go to somebody who I know, like one of my parents or somebody like that, who's going to have cable and they're going to have HBO and say, I'll pay your HBO bill. I'll pay yeah, your I'll pay portion of section. it. Give me your login and password, and I'll use HBO Go out here. Oh, and you'll also have HBO at your home. You'll have HBO at your home, yeah. but I'll use I'll be the one using it remote, and I'll give you the ten dollars a month because HBO is worth ten or fifteen bucks a month to me. Right. But it's not worth paying a hundred dollars to the yeah. cable company just so I can get basically if we pay them for HBO and ESPN. Right CW. Yeah. And CW, but it's CW is a network channel, so we yeah. can get that even with just an antenna. That is, yep. you know, two years ago. That is what caused me to become a cord cut. Yeah. So I sat down and looked at the channel lineup. There's not much on cable. Or you could even just go to basic cable at that point and just have it that way. I was paying $130 a month, essentially, so I could get BBC America. Right. Yeah. Because everything else was covered by the... So really, I was paying $100 a month because I could have gone for the $29.99 plan. Sure. Gotten my locals and basic cable. Yep. But I had to go to two tiers up. To get to that To get point. to BBC America. Yeah. And that was the, literally, I looked at the list of, wow, this is the only channel. And I would have had to gone to 160 a month to get a package that involved HBO yeah. in the form that I wanted to. And I went the opposite direction. I shaved down one tier of internet, turned off cable entirely, got myself a nice antenna, fired up Media Center on my right. PC on the Entertainment Center, and have not looked back. Yeah, I mean, once I have time to really research it out all, I mm-hmm. think it's something I definitely want to look into. Because, yeah. I mean, even the DVR option now is becoming less and less meaningful when everything is on demand. On demand, or it's like again, HBO. Like, well, I don't ever need to record anything on HBO because if I don't watch it the night that it comes on, it's on HBO Go the next day. Exactly. So, what do I need to record it for? <laughs> yep. No, I've come close to getting a smart TV, which is a very nice appliance mm-hmm. uh, antenna digital video recorder a la TiVo and I cancel my TiVo I'd, I'd get rid of the TiVo because it was 20 bucks a month for the for the directory service and I realized I between Hulu Plus Netflix and a variety of other services I could get on either Apple TV or my Roku boxes everything I cared about was on demand right my only challenges became Doctor Who and with this most recent season of Doctor Who 
I've pre-purchased it on iTunes, and I'll get it the day of release in the UK. And I'm paying only for what I want. So I, yeah. I've got a DVR on the Entertainment Center that records things that I never get around to watching because I get them on demand anyway. So I could probably dispense with the antenna at this point and still be completely content. So we're living in the future, kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So HBO. I want to give you money. I know. I we, know you're listening. We want to give only you money. We want to give <laughs> just you money just for the really nice stuff you make. Yes. Uh, and we're willing to pay that. You know, I mean, we pay for Netflix every single month because mm-hmm. it's absolutely worth it. And it has been worth it since I used to mail them those stinking DVDs. So <laughs> I had a Generation 1 TiVo the week that they released. Yeah. And I signed up for Netflix as soon as it became available in our region because oh, yeah. we're big nerds and we get it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Hey, there's a guy with a beard who came on the line. Can you hear us? Yes. And I haven't heard, heard any, any stridently, uh, strongly stated opinions. I wasn't sure you were on the line. <laughs> I really wanted to bring in my two cents on the Netflix uh, DVD mailing model from the post office perspective. Ah. <laughs> in case it was know, a paradigm shift for us <laughs> because of the just mass quantities of those that started coming through the mail, and no one knew what to do with them. Are they letters or are they packages? Ah. And the way to handle them. And it they literally became their own category. There's letters, there's packages, and then there's Netflix. It's just a thing. If you get one, put it over there. That's where those go. If they're going back, which was nice because everywhere I've lived uh, since I've worked for the post office, uh, Netflix DVDs are distributed out of a distribution center in Minneapolis. And when people mail their discs back, that's where they go. Uh, I don't know what it's like if you live somewhere maybe where between distribution centers or I don't know how well they handle that or whatever but any of them that are going back to Netflix all have one destination so they can all be thrown in one thing and then taken to the cities and that's the city's problem to get them back to Netflix after that yeah see Phoenix Um, very early on had a distribution center right in town so we always had very rapid turnaround from the very early days we were mm -hmm. lucky Mm -hmm. I know my post office here actually had a Netflix slot in the wall at one point yeah (laughs) The way God intended. Exactly. Right. Letters, packages, but, Netflix. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, but like the host office is like a force of nature. To get it to change anything oh, ever I is like a miracle. I'm that, they, were, that they, they reacted that quickly. Yeah, no kidding. The fact that they were like, this is a thing we need to know, have, and do. Someone go cut a hole in the wall so people can just drop them right into a, a hamper. Because we're sick of having to separate them from the letters and all this different stuff. The sorting, I, I literally the used to be the them? guy that... There's, we, when we were a processing plant here in the town I live in, we would get hampers full of letters every day, like 7, 8, 10, 12 of them, depending on how busy the day was, that we would dump just raw letters into a machine that would sort them in, and everything. And I would sometimes have to be the guy that would sit there and look at the letters as they were going by and just pick out Netflix DVDs. That was my whole job for like six hours. <laughs> wow. Did you have nightmares about red envelopes? <laughs> No, I have nightmares about Valentine's Day. Envelopes <laughs> are extremely easy to spot, except for when everyone and Christmas, when everyone's mailing red envelopes. Right. Yep. Oh, I can funny. imagine that. It's but you actually, it's not that. It wasn't that bad because you still had to um, pick out the red envelopes. Uh, the machines that we would run the letters through 
uh, that digitally and, you know, use a computer to read addresses can't comprehend red envelopes at all anyways. So all the red envelopes had to be pulled out regardless. That's made of suck. Yeah. So, Barry, while you're on the line, you had uh, a project you wanted to talk about that I forgot to mention earlier. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm coming down from, like, an extreme, like, creative high from last night. Uh, and it takes a little bit of backstory for people that might not know. Uh, for almost the last year, I've been working with some friends of mine on a uh, YouTube channel uh, on the side thing that we do. It's called The Local Experiment. It's just four of us. And we do a weekly uh, episode where we go out and interview artists and creators and musicians. And uh, it's like 10 to 25-minute episodes. We've done uh, 40, 41. We'll go up tomorrow night. Uh, every week, almost, uh, our host had a baby this year, so that kind of slowed us down a little bit. Yeah, take, take, but, one, take one week off of that. Yeah. You know. She took two weeks off, actually, which is yeah. amazing. And two we had some weeks. guest hosts, but she was there uh, near the end of her pregnancy, but we, she let other people host for a little while, yeah. which is pretty awesome. Um, there was this huge art fair uh, going on downtown uh, here last night. It took up a whole city block. There was... Uh, a poetry stage where people were performing and I think it turned into a hip-hop stage at one point if I remember correctly. There was four different places where bands were playing and in between on every street all the way around the block and in the alley uh, there was tables with artists and crafts people selling things that they all made and done and created. It was really awesome. It was a really great time. Uh, the guy who put it together had uh, done a couple different shows kind of like this in the art gallery space that we have downtown uh, that's kind of free to the public to use for whatever, but he wanted to explode it out of just that space to the whole block, This and it totally worked. But we had a booth last night uh, on one corner to promote our web series, uh, The Local Experiment, and uh, <laughs> I got up to some shenanigans that uh, it was this little project I got into that was a little bit tech-savvy and a little bit cosplay. Uh, it's something I wanted to do for a long time. Uh, I got on eBay, and I bought a uh, 1975 uh, Sears 9-inch TV. Okay. I gutted it, and I put an iPad in there for the screen instead of, you know, the guts of it or whatever. And so when people came to our little booth or whatever, there was a lot of tables with people selling, oh, these are the watercolors I do, this is the jewelry that I make, they come to ours. There's a couch, a table, and this old-looking TV, and it's playing a show on it and everything. We're handing out buttons and talking to people about our web series. And we're like, yeah, we're on we're on YouTube. We do a show week. Uh, this is it. It's playing on this TV right now. And they're like, I thought you said you were on YouTube. And we're like, oh, and we're also on this TV or whatever. And they were like, <laughs> they were like oh. And they were like, that TV, that picture looks pretty good. How did you do that? And my default answer was... Well, I'm, I'm a wizard. <laughs> Duh. I'm All I needed was a Wi-Fi that. signal. There's an iPad in there, you dopes. Yeah. But I didn't tell anybody that. But then, when you really want to blow people's minds, you take the TV, open it up, and put it on your head. <sighs> your face is the screen. My face is the screen. And I found this really great app for 99 cents that's like an LED ticker that'll let you write whatever you want on there. The and you, I like this app because... Because you can save them, and you can control the speed, the color, the font, and all this different stuff. So I was making random messages uh, on this LED ticker screen. That just It's great. It just takes up the whole screen. And just walking around with a TV on my head last night uh, at the bars after this art fair, and people were just and like... we have our show title, Walking Around with a TV on Your Head. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, and people were just like, 
who are you and what how did you do that (laughs) it's just like what this is normal this is just how things go i am in fact a wizard i'm i'm a wizard so yeah that was my night last night it was quite interesting (laughs) except for the part where i dropped my phone and cracked my screen oh Well, I, and I experienced that before the San Diego trip, and they, they can be successfully replaced by third parties if you don't have Apple yeah. Care. It turns out there are two of them here in town. One of them is owned by a guy who's a bouncer at a bar who we hang out with a lot. He's going to do it for me on Monday for like 100 bucks. Nice. That's what we spent on ours and Rebecca's iPhone 5 and turned out beautifully. Yeah, well... I'm sad. It's such a beautiful monolith device that I carry my connection to the universe, and uh, it's all broken. Yeah, I was the same way. She, she, she would not stop trying to use the cracked screen and cut her fingers. Like, no, it still kind of works. Like, it must get fixed. Like, put it down. We'll get it fixed. Calm down. Yeah, oh, no kidding. Oh, my baby. Uh, so in an uh, article title that was guaranteed to catch the attention of uh, the research team... From the Oxford Times, playing yeah. video games leads to better adjusted children. Oxford's university study shows. Hey, although it did show that it was about an hour, no more than three right. hours. So it's, I mean, it's just like everything in moderation. In moderation. Exactly. Right. But it's, it's a good, good clickbait well, title. Anyway. Yeah, but I mean, it actually went through and basically said there was very little, or there, it showed that it had a very small positive effect. I think if it was under an hour, if it was over three hours, it had a very small negative effect. Right. But realistically, again, it came down to things like parenting and everything right. else to have a well-adjusted child. All those things that people yeah. don't want to hear. It's like, oh, it's on me to be a good parent. Right. I can't just put the kid in front of the electronics and yeah. raise themselves. Or I can't and just blame the electronics. I can't just right. blame the video games for yeah. them going Couldn't crazy. Couldn't possibly and... be me. Yes, absolutely. Who they are as a person. There was a really great Penny Arcade comic about this a couple weeks ago. Yes. Yep. (laughs) Oh, do you have paper time in the house too? (laughs) (laughs) You control all creative outlets. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Tycho went off on a on a major bender on that one. (laughs) Well. And, and that was, do, no, it was, do take it. That wasn't Tycho, that was Gabe. But anyways. No, I think Tycho writes the scripts on those. Oh, anyway, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was illustrated as Gabe doing the talking, but right. Tycho's the writer. Um, but yeah, it's, it is a clickbaity title, but it basically says what you'd expect, which is don't leave them there all the time. And no, it's not necessarily melting their brains. Right. Unless right. you're a horrible person to And it could with. be actually teaching them something. Truthfully, I really believe that um, Aridin's vocabulary is greater is greater because, because of, of the games he plays that's one of the things we do with um we did with nemesis you know after we you know came to the realization he was special needs and had specifically early on had reading and language issues as is we made sure we turned on subtitles mm-hmm. on the shows that he liked to watch and it worked really well yeah um so he you know reading is cake for him now reading comprehension remains an issue for him just because of who he is but the mechanics of reading was greatly assisted just by what just you would classify as there. screen time. Right, mm-hmm. right. Which was screen time with bonus reading involved. Well, it's uh, interesting. I mean, it was funny you mentioned Penny Arcade because I remember, I think, <coughs> excuse me, Gabe had written, you know, the news post about this. Uh, his son and basically screen time and whether or not right. he should be in front of the screen and stuff like that. And then, like, right after that article came out, I went to Chicago and I was at uh, dinner with my stepbrother, and 
and his wife, and they're like, our Brandon, their son comes, and he just all if we let him all weekend, he would just play Minecraft, and like I don't like that's like what do you think? Do you think that's okay? Like should I let him? Because I think he should be doing all this outdoor stuff and blah blah blah, and I'm like. I wouldn't have a problem with it. <laughs> They're like, yeah. well, really? Like, if you just played it all day Saturday? I'm like, Minecraft is pure creation. Right. It's pure imagination. So why would you want to limit your kid from doing something that allows him to express pure imagination? And they're like, uh, well, he plays this other game, too. I'm like, well, if the other game isn't pure imagination, then, that's a whole then you story. can limit some of that. But I would say if he really shows an interest in Minecraft and he builds stuff, I would encourage it and have him show you what he's built. And it's interesting because you, you turn it on its head sometimes when people say that. It's like, well, what if Billy wanted to do nothing but go outside and practice baseball from the moment the sun right. rose to the, the moment, moment the sun it, yeah, set? Yeah, exactly. That'd be perfectly acceptable. To a lot of people. I, yeah. I have the good argument in, in pro for uh, all of us that have raised as gamers and indoor kids this whole our whole lives. Skin cancer is now the number one killer in America. <laughs> I was not raised as an indoor kid. I did a lot of activities outside, a ton of them, uh, but I like games. So, you know, I don't think it matters one way or the other. If you are, if it's your creative outlet, whether it be outside playing baseball or inside playing video games, it's your creative outlet. It's who you are as a person. I would always... Expose your children to things. Don't not show them right. other Absolutely. items. Oh, sure. But they're going to go for what I they think, like. Yeah, I think you should yeah, give them an experience with something. And I think there is a value in doing stuff that's not just one thing. And I think we did that with, with ours. But at the same time, I mean, I've even talked to Aridan about it. Because if he had been younger when, like right now, like not as old as he was, and say this pro gaming is where it is right now, and if he came and said, I really want to try to do that, hey, that's that's your window. If you want to take a shot and you have enough talent to make it a, a chance, then I would say go for it. You know, I've talked to him. I said, you know, would you be willing to spend the amount of time? He's like, no, no I way. would not spend the amount of time that it takes to, to do that type of thing. But that's now suddenly become... As viable as saying, I want to play in the NFL or mm-hmm. I want to play in the exactly. NBA. So, hey. Speaking of uh, pro gaming, uh, I think it was last weekend. I was up in the middle of the night on my night off because I work nights. And so my night off, I stay up all night anyways. Yeah. And I saw a tweet that there was a Korean star or Hearthstone tournament going on, like uh-huh. live on Twitch right then. Yeah. And it was really interesting to watch because all the cards obviously were in uh, Korean, so right. I couldn't in Japanese or in Chinese or whatever, so I couldn't read any of them. But if you know the the icons on the card are all the same and everything, and there was American commentators there that were doing a pretty good job of describing uh, the cards or whatever. But the best part was when they would go to commercial <laughs> because they would play these Korean Blizzard commercials that were so bizarre. Nice. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to describe them. You just have to try to see it for yourself. But and and the Twitch the Twitch chat room was just like losing its mind. Like, what are we watching? <laughs> what is this? Culture clash. No, I like uh, came across the from 2013 the fully CG realistic rendered uh, Space Captain Harlock um, reboot from Japan. That had been dubbed over in English, but they, they hadn't changed the mouthboard. So it was, it was the classic bad dub of, of Japanese film. But 
we got to the end of that, and it just it ended, in the, and we just looked at each other. Yeah, that was really Japanese because it's kind of just ended at an arbitrary point in the storyline. Sure. And the the it was it was very very anime in its sensibilities and. That whole it was weird. The CG update of that classic, you know, Space Cruiser Yamato style mm-hmm. uh, or Galaxy Express nine 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 stuff. Yeah, into three D CG, it's jarring. It's like, oh, that's uh, interesting. But the same cultural. Yeah, it's not that this is unentertaining or bad, but it's just the kind of hero shots that a, a Japanese artist is likely to linger on is very different from what an American filmmaker would go for. Right, just because. We grew up different in different mm-hmm. places. So Absolutely. We had the same moments yeah, of different style. This is kind of. I mean, it's visually very pretty and interesting, but that's. This is your major plot point. This is the thing you're stopping to focus on. Okay. Yeah. Ah, Japanese, whatever. <laughs> and we've had a stealthy uh, person join us from north of the wall. Who's on the line? Hey there, guys. How's it going? It's Boba. Boba. Hi. Boba. I am wearing the your shirt. shirt. He is. That's appropriate. So am I. <laughs> I have a Boba Fetish. And I have a Boba Fetish on the line. What's up? Uh, first things first, we need to get out of the way from several weeks ago because you haven't really had a call-in segment since then. We fixed it. Whoever whoever is close to Grail, smack him for me. Uh, that's a, wife, no, that's a wifely duty. Yep. Done. For, for what now? Okay. <laughs> because I'm sorry, as I approach 50... Old age is not 40. (laughs) (laughs) It's all in how you feel, Boba. I passed 40. I thought it was pretty awesome. I had a blast at my party. I'm surprised you're able to talk. Hey, overcome youth and skill every time. Age and treachery shall indeed overcome youth and skill. Uh, Yeah, but he's Canadian 50, so what's the conversion on that? That's true. He spends most of his life in cryostasis. Well, I was so. going to say, yeah, he's probably, he looks like he's 20 <laughs> due to the frozen Yeah, nature. the flash freeze will do that yeah. to you. Right on. Not to mention the better health care. There you go. Yeah. Dude, I didn't even think Boba would have been a great person to have on the team at Gishwez. Next year. Because you're in Canada. Oh. Canada's a big place, though. It's oh, not it like matter. all Canadians are it's, like. It's Canada. <laughs> they all live up there, right next to the Tim Hortons. Right. Exactly. Yeah, there's one every like three blocks. It's Jump not a problem. Exactly. <laughs> Put on your Mountie hat. <laughs> right. Put some poutine in your backpack, <laughs> and you're there. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. What else is going on? I just wanted to say um, about the whole Netflix thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I pay for Netflix. My only drawback is they need to get more stuff. Now, have you Canadian Netflix sucks? Have you explored the tricks for VPNing around and getting American Netflix instead? Because there are many, many browser plugins available that make it trivially easy to do that now. Yeah, except then I also have to set up the other computer, convert the Xbox, convert my Nexus Seven because I'll watch it work once in a while. Yes, it is. It, is an it gets to be a real pain in the ass. Yeah, the whole idea of it being on every screen your own falls down when not every screen your own can support the special VPN or the plugin. I get it. Yeah, especially when you're using different Wi-Fi hotspots. Yeah. Well, I was interested that that one New Zealand ISP basically rolled out a package deal, and they originally said, it's for when people visit from out of country. It's basically Mm -hmm. giving everyone at that ISP a VPN tunnel to American Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) It's exactly what it's for. We're we're not fooling anyone. Who would go to New Zealand? Exactly. 
and then sit and watch Netflix in their Seriously, hotel room. right? When you've got so much to do in New Zealand. People who were born there and are bored with it, right. I'm assuming. Green rolling hills, blah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. scenery, blah, blah, Hobbits blah. Hobbits and elves live here, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I am a, a, a statuesque Maori warrior, and I will, I will go to my grave looking better than you have in your entire life. Right. Yeah. But anyway, well, thank you for calling in Boba Fetish so I can say your name. No problem. Appreciate it. Throat who's not doing it nearly the justice it should. Let's, let's get into Boba Stance and Boba Fetish. Yes, there we go. <laughs> I feel better about myself now. Here we finally, we've got uh, all the issues with the mixing desk wired around and Mr. Skype is obviously working properly because there you all are. Yeah. Yay. And no uh, crackle crackle. Oh, thank God. Yay. I don't know where that crap comes from. When you change, nothing. Yeah. And that's the nature of the beast. Ah. The drop-in delay last week was really getting my nerves up. I was like, how did that happen? I I didn't, and again, I didn't change anything to this week, and it's more or less back to normal. Thank Uh you, Windows. We have a ghost in our equipment. I think his name is Gwenora. Uh, I haven't seen Gwen in forever. Anyway, let's wrap this baby up. Thank you all for calling in. I'm going to unceremoniously hang up on you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Big one now. And you all have been listening to Casually Hardcore. That's two hours of your life. You just ain't getting back. Nope. <laughs> neener and neener and neener. You can find us on the internet. Come to alphageekradio.com. Click on the Shows tab. Check out all the fine shows on the network. Ever more are being added with each passing week. i got some more lined up. Check the front page for announcements. Follow us on the Twitter. It is Hardcore Casuals for the show. Alpha Geek Radio for the network. I am on there as Gnomewise. She is Daxa C-H. That's D-A-K-S-A underscore C-H. And he is Izzy Grail. I-Z-Z-Y-G-R-A-I-L. Send your hate mail to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. If you enjoy what you get from the network, consider becoming one of our patrons. Go to patreon.com slash alphageek. You can contribute hmm, 25 cents a month, buck a month, whatever value you think you're getting from the show or the network. Uh, that's how we operate on the value for value model. If you like it, Pay us what you think it's worth, and we will keep making it, and we will keep delivering all those shows to you live via your favorite mobile device and or stereo. We are also available on the TuneIn.com app. Just search in the app for Alpha Geek Radio. All four stations will appear there, channels 1, 2, and 3, and the Special Event Network. Just favorite them, and you can listen live to whatever show you like when it's on the air uh, with all the extra features that TuneIn brings to bear, like... The half-hour buffer, title streaming, generally works better in the background. Failing that, you can always point your mobile device at mobile.alphageekradio.com to tune in quick and easy when you want to listen to a show. And we're also on the Facebook. Easy to find. Just search for the names of the things in the But place. we haven't done Jack with Facebook in a really long time. No, because it's basically just announcements of when stuff gets posted. Pretty much. So you might as well just follow the front page because it's the same info again. Because we're, we're old, we're not big book facers. Yep. Well, the only time we really put stuff on Facebook is when we go to events, because then we can load all the stuff on there. But speaking so. of, we have events coming up. So at the end of this month, you should see content flowing in uh, from PAX and DragonCon. That's yes. right. 
Dueling cons. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. And we are. That's right. And we're a Gryffindor team again for the Triwizard Tournament. So we'll be doing that one more time. Pick one back for me. Once more into Once the breach. Once more into the breach. I'll see if I can find an equivalent pub crawl in Atlanta so yeah. we can trade off next year. Right. Um, in my, you know, my copious downtime. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, there is that. All right. We have been Casual Hardcore. You have been our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in live and or listening via the miracle of podcasting. I have been Gnomewise. I have been Dexa. And I've been Grail. Und wie ah out of ja, ja, ja. Laugh at me, woman. <laughs> Bomba dida, 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 bomba d